Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Happy summer, right? July 9th already. Yeah. First half of the year gone. Let's make the second half count, huh? Yeah. Right? Jason's into it. I had my Jesus coffee this morning. Good. <laughs> Did he make it? Good. Oh, I appreciated last week. I wasn't here last week, but listened online later in the week to what Jocelyn had to share, uh, what Ed had to share, and what Jocelyn had to share, and hadn't seen the John Denver uh, clip of the Jacques Cousteau Calypso song. But I thought I appreciated that. I really did. I appreciated uh, both of their spirits. And encouragement there. And I want to I encourage us today, I want to talk from John chapter 8. If I had to title it, it's going to be something like, Know the Truth, Be Free. I'm going to talk about Know the Truth, Be Free. And <clears throat> by way of a goal, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage all of us. Basically, the, 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 the heart behind the message is for encouragement, guys, okay? I want to encourage us that our walk with Jesus is to be a progressive manifestation of knowing truth and experiencing freedom, okay? So first of all, it's encouragement. It's meant to be encouragement that our walk with Jesus, that means our personal walk and our collective walk, Okay, is to be an ongoing or a progressive or a progressing manifestation of knowing truth and experiencing freedom. That's my goal. Okay, so I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. Okay, I want you to, I want you all to be encouraged. Okay, as as believers, as the body of Christ, as lovers of Jesus, as ones who carry Jesus, you know. Uh, we sang and gave praise to Jesus, the King of all the earth, and I, I just love that. Uh, and <clears throat> what Jocelyn shared about Barabbas, great insight there, okay, because so often we do settle for the Barabbas. And, but I, it just struck me, you know, right at the end of that, I mean, hey, the King goes with us. Yes. You know, he just doesn't send us, he goes with us, and I want to talk a little bit about that later. John chapter 8. You guys probably are familiar with at least the first part of the chapter because it talks about when Jesus rescues, delivers, sets free the woman that was taken in the act of adultery, right? You guys are remember, you, you're probably familiar with that story. You read it a bunch of times. It's kind of an amazing story. It really is. I mean, you know, Jesus, you know, kind of like minding his own business, and they 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 bring this woman to him and says she's caught in the act in the very act of adultery you know the obvious question we all ask many times is where's the guy you know i mean if you, if they're really going by the law it's back in leviticus somewhere uh the, the man and the woman are to be stoned it said it even in you know in the, the context of that of that passage that they were doing this not so much to fulfill every letter of the law, although they proclaimed they, that was their intent, but basically to trap Jesus, right? They're always trying to set a trap for Jesus. So, you know, Jesus didn't go into the situation and rescue. 
he was just there, and, and the question came, the opportunity came for, to him, right? And so he, you know, does his thing where he, like, everybody wants to know what he write in the dirt, you know. Whatever he, whatever he wrote, whatever he did, it was effective enough that starting from the eldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and went away. And Jesus looks up and says, you know, where's your accusers? Doesn't anybody condemn you? And she says, no, Lord, there's none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I, I, you, you probably heard me said that before, but I'll say it again, that I don't think Jesus was saying that in that implicit in his statement, go and sin no more, was like, okay, girl, this is the last time. You better not do that again. Now, there's going to be, there are consequences to sin, right? We know that. But I think more in that, in, in what he was saying, the heart of that was like, you are capable of not sinning again. I think he was he was activating or quick and quickening the power within her to make better choices, right? Yeah. Like go, you you don't have to do this. If some guy comes on to you, you can say no. And he says it to us today: go and sin no more. There's empowerment in that. Okay, but I you know so I I just wanted to give you that's the opening of, of John chapter eight. Then he makes this statement. He says, uh, I am the light of the world. And Jesus said to them, then spoke Jesus again unto them. This is uh, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Okay, this isn't even my main passage verse, but I'm trying to give us some context of what I want to dig into. He says, he who follows me. Okay, what's that, what's that suggest? an ongoing activity, right? Following. Following. And that's kind of what I'm after here, that, you know, you all are followers, hopefully, of Jesus. Sometimes we get a little bit slugged down. Sometimes we get a little stagnant. Sometimes we forget. So it's good to be reminded and to kind of jumpstart and re-jumpstart ourselves, right? Okay. Okay, so... He, then, then there's this somewhat of an extended dialogue. This is still within the context of where I'm going, okay? I don't want to belabor it, but there's this extended dialogue with the Pharisees and any others that are in the temple that uh, over the validity of his words, over his identity, and over his relationship with the Father. I mean, in some sense, we think it was almost they were clueless, okay? I'm just, I'm going to read a little bit just to pull out a couple of highlights and then I'm going to dig into four verses, okay? You guys okay with this? Yeah, yeah. I want to encourage us, okay? Really, that's my intention. I want to encourage us in our walk with Jesus, in our journey with Jesus, okay? That it's actually going to be, Jesus actually kind of spells it out here, that it's going to be a continuing manifestation a continuing experience of hopefully growing in knowing truth and experiencing freedom, individually and collectively. That's where I'm going, okay? So Jesus says he's the light of the world. I'm going to just go a little bit here quickly. And just let me kind of just read to you for a couple of minutes here. This is for, it's starting in verse 13. So the Pharisees say to him, 
You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. See, right out, okay? Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. Okay, he had this confidence, okay? And I want to tell you, we can have that confidence too. In Christ, we can have that confidence. Might have to dig in a little bit for it, okay? Even if I testify about myself, verse, uh, what, 14? My testimony is true, for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or, or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true. But listen to this, for I am not alone in it, but I am the Father who sent me. So here he's bringing up the Father again, and he's saying, I'm not alone in this. It's me and the Father who sent me. He said, even if in your law, verse 17, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me also testifies about me. Okay, so now still, this, this kind of went over their heads. Verse 19, so they were saying to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. <clears throat> verse 20, John, the whole passage is, was kind of you know, interesting to me. But verse 20, I thought, was just a little side trail here. These words he spoke in the treasury. You know, he's in the temple, right? These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. I'm like, okay, that's no accident that God threw that in there. Just, by the way, he spoke this in the temple. And I, as I thought about it, I thought, oh, he wants us to realize Jesus is speaking this to us in a place of abundant provision. That's where he's coming from. And I want to tell you, these words still carry the essence of abundance and provision. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever walks with me, follows me, will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's encouraging, isn't it? I mean, it's like, hello, you know, just walk with Jesus. Follow him. He said, you're going to have the light of, you're going to, I'm the, he's the light of the world. You're going to have the light of life. He's speaking from a place of abundant provision, even today, as we read these words. And he, he taught them in a temple, and no one had seized him because his hour had not yet come. Verse 21, then he said to them, I go away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. The Jews were saying to themselves, surely he will not kill himself, will he, since he says, and they're hung up on this. And he was saying this to them, you are from below. I'm in verse uh, 23. You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Okay, let me explain that, what I think. <clears throat> I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think he was talking like a place of original uh, conception. I think he was saying, this is my perspective. You know, you, I'm sure you've told somebody uh, in the course of dialogue or somebody has told you, like, no, wait, 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 this is where I'm coming from. Do you know what I mean? Don't we say that a lot? Yeah. You know, we get into like misunderstanding, right, Becky? And say, no, wait, let me tell you where I'm coming from. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Look, you're coming at it from an earthly perspective. I'm coming at it from a heavenly perspective. That's what I think that, but sometimes we're like, oh, what's he saying? Like they're, they're children of the devil and they're never going to be saved. I don't think that. 
I think he's talking about the immediacy of, 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 the, of the conversation, the dialogue that's going on. I'm going to get to my passage in a moment. Uh, therefore, I said, verse 24, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, he is in italicized, which means it was added by the translators. So if, unless you believe that I am, right? Yeah. That's what God told Moses. Who do, we, who, do, who, should, who do I tell him? I am. I am who I am. That's God. Now, Jesus is on earth, God in the flesh, saying, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. I don't think that speaks to eternal uh, con condemnation. I think that's speaking like, you know, the result of your perspective. If you're going to come at it with a low-level perspective, you're going to get low-level results. But if you just raise your perspective to where I'm suggesting you are already in me, and we say, oh, this sounds kind of spiritual and kind of mystical. Well, hello, this is the Christian life, you know. There is some, there is some of that element in it, right? Where I don't want to be mystified. I have to know everything. Look, Jesus is a mystery. He's always going to be a mystery, I think. He reveals stuff to us. Ed talked about it last week. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, he said, right? But it's the glory of kings to search it out, right? That means kings and queens can search it out. Gals, you can search out stuff too. You know some of you gals are better searcher-outers than us guys. Just saying. I want to get to verse 28 real bad. Uh, anyways, okay, verse 25. So they were saying to him, who are you? See, they're hung up on his identity. And understandably, Jesus said to them, what I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you. He who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. Verse 27, they did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, verse 28, this is, I want to dig into the next five verses. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. He was added. I am. Then you will know that I am. And I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. Verse 29, and he who sent me is with me. Guys, this I think is key. He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Verse 30, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those Jews, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, verse 31, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I want to dig into these few verses, pull out a few things, which hopefully will be an encouragement to us and will uh, kind of remind us that, uh, and kind of jumpstart again uh, our, our, our spirits, that our walk with Jesus is to be a progressive, ongoing manifestation, realization of knowing truth, and experiencing freedom. So verse 28, when Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, we got that one. Can we put that up there? 
This is eight, uh, John 8:28. 8, when you lift up the Son of Man, lift up. When you lift up the Son of Man, Son of Man is a, is a one of Jesus' favorite. Uh, de uh, definitions about himself. He referred to himself a lot as the son of man. He identifies with us. Yeah. Be encouraged that Jesus identifies with you. Yeah. Okay? He's one of us. <laughs> He's full humanity. He's full deity. In, in, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mystery, really. It's amazing. The incarnation. Lift up. When you lift up the son of man, elevated, exalting with honor, the presence of God in the flesh. We won't go there, but John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you guys remember this, as Moses lifted up, this is when snakes were biting, God sent fiery snakes, right? We could go into that, but okay. Moses, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. John 12, 32, Jesus said, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. Interestingly, uh, when you, I looked at Bible Hub interlinear, you know, where it compares Greek with uh, English, and it's in the, the interlinear uh, version of that. And if I am lifted up from the earth, all will draw to myself. I don't think that's limited to just people. I think when we lift up Jesus, like we, like we do in worship, like we did today, okay, when we lift him up, there's a drawing. There's like a holy magnetism that occurs, and it draws. You might not see it. You might not feel it. You might not realize it, but come on. Listen, okay, just do, do a couple of connecting the dots. If any person, Paul wrote, if any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creature, right? New creation. All things are passing away or have passed away. All things are become, old things have passed away. All things are becoming new. You guys read it? You're familiar? If any person be in Christ, okay, picture yourself in Christ. Realize that you are in Christ. If you're not sure you're in Christ, okay, right now, this is easy. This is basic. If you're not sure you're in Christ, just ask Jesus. Say, I want to be in you. It's, it's really not hard. We can make it hard, and Jesus meets us with our struggles and our, our you know, uh, confusion. He'll meet us there. But really, we can just say, I want to I be in Christ. And you're in Christ. Okay, now, if any person be in Christ, okay, you're in Christ. We're in Christ. Okay. So when we lift up Christ... We're lifted up too. Right? Yeah. We lift up Jesus in a way we're participating with lifting ourselves up. I mean, I, have, I can't remember a time where, you know, I've, I've had something weighing on me and, and I, I, I lifted up Jesus and I felt worse. Can you? I, I, I you know, I think when we lift him up, we lift him up. It said, when you lift up the Son of Man, 
Verse 28, then you will know that I am and I do nothing of my own initiative. Know is gnosko. It means to learn, to know, to perceive, to understand, to become intimately acquainted with. And it even has this connotation of like, like, a, uh, like spouses in a marriage, intimate, to be intimately acquainted with. It's that kind of knowing. The first time it was used, gnosko, the first time that word was used in the New Testament was whenever God told uh, uh, Joseph to don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. You know, when, he, when it, was, it was discovered, revealed that she was with child, okay, uh, that God told Joseph in a dream, don't, don't, don't be afraid, don't hold back from taking Mary, your wife, because she's going to give birth to the Son of God. And the, the next verse says, Joseph obeyed, he did that. He woke from the dream. He was going to put her away honorably, okay, but he didn't after that dream, and it said he knew her not until she had given birth to, the, to her firstborn son, the son of God, Jesus, okay? He knew her not. Gnosko, it's that kind of knowing. I think that's inter interesting, right? I, I want to just, a little PS here, like you don't really know something until Jesus is on the scene. <laughs> Whatever that means. You want to get Jesus' perspective. You guys okay? You're quiet, and that's okay with me. I don't hear anyone snoring. If you do, there's grace. There is grace for the sleepers, okay? Because you might have a God dream. I'd be honored, right? If you all fall asleep and wake up, just tell me about it. Don't just post it on social media. Tell me. Say, during your, during your message, I fell asleep and had this awesome dream. Oh, it was a God dream. Yeah, and, and, and I know what God wants me to do, you know. Gnosko, okay. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am and I do nothing of my own initiative. So there's this lifting up of Jesus. I want to tell you, if, you've, if you don't do this regularly, and you can make this a practice, you can make this a habit, just lift up Jesus. You can, you can do however you want to do it. You can put worship music on. You can, I mean, that, yes, you can do that, okay? And you should. Uh, that's great, okay? But I'm talking about when you're driving. Oh, you put it on. You put your, you know, right. Okay, you got your music on there. I'm talking about, like, from your heart. I mean, just start lifting him up. Lift him up. Thank you, Jesus. I lift you up as my Savior. I lift you up as my Deliverer. I lift you, I lift you up as my Provider. I lift you up as my Protector. I lift you up as my shield. I lift you up as my high tower. David did this real well. David's out there with the sheep, and he's lifting up the, he's lifting up the Lord. You know that. Come on, if you read the Psalms, you know that he's always lifting up Jesus, right, Becky? He just lifts him up. Listen, we can do that too. And when we lift him up, we get lifted up. And, and you know, so I, w I was thinking about, I never lifted Jesus up as my rabbi. I'm like, oh, now, why? I'm not Jewish. Why would I do that? Okay. Rabbi was, you know, it meant, uh, it means uh, teacher. It means tutor. Okay. Master. 
And I, I thought, you know, I like that. I want to lift him up as that. I want to lift him up as my teacher. You know, that, that kind of makes me straighten up a little bit as a student. It should, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus is my teacher. I, well, maybe I, Jesus is my teacher. Maybe I should pay attention, you know. In grade school, I was a, a really good student, junior high, really good student to a certain age. You know, we had some family stuff going on. And about ninth grade, halfway through, I started to go, I started to like really wander, okay? And I, I, I wasn't that good of a student. I, I think I had the capacity to, but I, I didn't, I wasn't intentional about learning. If Jesus is my teacher, I want to be an intentional learner. Don't you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, listen, he's got stuff to teach us. Good stuff, he's got stuff to show us. Lifting up Jesus brings revelation and assurance, a knowing that the great I am indwells and contains, indwells in us and, and contains us. How can he be, do both? I mean, how can God be there and here? Like when you guys came in, God was with you. God was in you. The king is in you, right? And the same with me. How can he do that? That's kind of, a, that's kind of mystical to me. But it's okay. I can accept it. I believe it. I'm glad. I'm thankful. Okay? So as I lift him up, there's a knowing. There's a, and it might not be, it might not be I think primarily it, it won't be head knowledge. I think it's going to be heart knowledge. And then the heart knowledge starts to kind of reconfigure the head knowledge, if that makes sense. If I allow my heart to be changed, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might. In other words, bring the whole shebang, bring it all to the Lord, right? But let's not assume, oh, knowing is going to be right here. I know this, because a lot of times that gets in our way of us walking with Jesus, knowing truth and experiencing freedom. Father teaches us personally in our intimate relationship as we acknowledge his desire to indwell and as we lift him up. Listen, as we lift him up, if you just picture, if you're lifting up Jesus as your teacher, if you're, if you're saying, if you, I mean, how do you lift him up? You just, okay, you're in the shower. You're, you're mowing grass, you're, you're weeding, you're doing something, you know, you're in the kitchen cleaning stuff up, and you just lift him up. You just, the thought comes to your mind, Jesus, come, come on. Don't, does Jesus come to your mind quite frequently? Yeah. Yeah. So lift him up. Okay, he just, Jesus, Jesus, thank you for reminding me. You're awesome the way you remind me. Thank you that you're my, you know, you're my memo, you know, you're my whatever. Just lift him up. You know, and I thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I thank you for doing that. Thank you for being, thank you for being my reminder. Thank you for reminding me that I'm not alone in this thing. Thank you that you're my deliverer. I mean, do you think that that lady taken in adultery went home like a changed gal? I think she did. You know, moments later, she's thinking like, she's thinking, okay, this is it. An encounter with Jesus, and she's like, I think she's walking lighter. Don't you? Yeah. Listen, we can, Jesus wants us to walk lighter. Lift him up, and you're going to lift yourself up. 
And don't do it out of selfish motives. That's going to be a byproduct. You lifting him up is a byproduct. Is going to, you'll see he lifts you up. It says, I don't know if it was David or not, one of the Psalms, he's a lifter up of my head. He lifts you up. Okay, let me get back on track. So this is verse uh, 30. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So he's still, I'm, I'm assuming he's still in the temple area, around the, in the treasury or wherever. I don't know how that was, I don't know how that worked. But uh, so he says in verse 30, he who sent me is with me. He has, in 29, he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do those things that are pleasing to him. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So verse 31, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you or set you free. Okay, so this is an if-then statement. This is a, a conditional statement, right? If-then statement. If you do this, this will happen, right? Yeah. If you're pounding nails and you hit your thumb, it will hurt, okay? If you meet the conditions, you'll get the results, right? Yeah. It's a conditional statement. I mean, that's obvious, right? So he's saying, if you continue in my word, okay, continue. It means remain. In, it's meno in the Greek, or meno. It means remain, abide, tarry, do not depart, continue to be present, to be held, to be continually kept, to last, to endure, to remain as one, not to become another or different. If you continue, I like that, to be held. If you continue to be held, will you let Jesus, will you continue to let Jesus hold you? Will you continue to be kept, to allow yourself to be kept by Jesus? Yeah. That's what he's saying here. If you continue in my word. Guys, we know word is logos, okay? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, okay? The same was in the beginning with God. He's kind of belaboring this. This is John 1, 1, right? So if you continue in me, do you see it? If you continue in the word, if you continue in God, if you continue in me, Jesus is saying this, because John 1:14, the word became flesh. That's Jesus. And I believe that's us. I believe the word is still becoming flesh. If you continue in my word, Then you are my disciples indeed. This is the second part. I want to say you, there's four parts to this uh, if-then or a, con a conditional statement. You, the word you, is in each of the four parts. 
If you continue, there's the verb, okay? If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples in need. Disciple, okay, disciple is, is simply a student, a learner, a follower. Well, we already talked about that, right? I'm lift Jesus up as a teacher. I'm a learner, okay? I want to I continue to show up for class. Basically, I'm going to go to class. I was, you know, bad in high school. I was worse in college. I mean, I'm just a little true confessions here. Okay, I didn't always go to class, okay? And when I didn't go to class, the result was a not good grade. Simple, right? If you continue in my word, okay, now I think that means the words of Jesus. I actually think it means the inspired words that we read in Scripture. But I also think it means God. I mean, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have the Scripture. So I put God, like, higher than the Scripture. I mean, some, I think it's, I think it's the Catholic definition, uh, you know, Understand, it's, the Bible is the words of God in the words of man. Yeah. I, I can accept that, something like that, okay? Rather than get hunging up, hung up on very, this translation over that, you know. So if you continue in my word, I think that's continuing in God, continuing in Jesus who is God, continuing in what he said, continuing in the scriptures, then you are my disciple. Indeed. Okay, truly, then you are truly my disciple. There's a continuing aspect, right? Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Then you are my disciple, okay? And it says, it, it continues, and you shall know the truth. No, gnosko, intimately acquainted with. See, if you're going to know, we say, know the truth, the truth will make you free. Okay. Wait, there's something to that first. There's a continuing in his word then you are my disciple, I'm, I'm a student, I'm showing up for class, I'm going along, then I know the truth. You, you are in that. You will know the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, okay? Knowing the truth is not, I mean, can, knowing facts, knowing information, yes, okay, but really he's talking about primarily, primarily, I think, knowing him, the person. Then you will know me. You will become more acquainted with me. But you've got to continue in my word. You've got to continue in me. You're truly a disciple. You're showing up for class. And then you're, you're going to know the truth. You're going to know me better. Is this making any sense at all to anybody? Yeah. I hope that Jason getting something out of it. Thank God, right? Okay. Are you with me? Then you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Now, if you want to know the truth and you want to be free, you've got to meet the conditions of the sequence, right? You've got to continue in his word. You say, I've been, I prayed about this and nothing happened. Okay, we've all been there, and sometimes it's heavies. Sometimes it's biggies, really biggies, right? I'm not making light of it. It's been for years this has been going on. Okay, it's hard. Jesus knows about hard. He does hard. He did hard, and he does hard in us and with us. If you continue in my word, if you continue in me, 
Don't deviate if you do come back with class. If you skip one, like that's a thing, right? If you have a habit and you, you know, like Mary and I have been walking more. Thank God, you know, she, she wasn't walking for a long time. She's walking again. Okay, so like a couple of days went, we didn't walk. I'm like, hun, okay, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. The best thing to do, get back on track, right? I missed class. Oh, I got to go talk to the prof. I'm sorry. I said, okay, well, you'll have to do a makeup or whatever. But go back to class, for heaven's sake, okay? If you continue in my word, right, then you are my disciple. Hey, come on, remind yourself. I'm a student of Jesus. Hello, come on, right? You're going to know the truth. You're going to become more intimately acquainted with the one who embodies truth the one who is the truth. Some, I might not know something here. I mean, oh, gee, I could bore you with stories about, like, my math experience, okay? But it didn't continue well, okay? Algebra 2 was okay. Geometry, I liked, okay? But a lot of it, why I liked it? Because of the prof. Listen, who's the teacher can make a big difference? When I went to Trig, two things were, were not working for me. Three things, actually. First class, eight something or other in the morning. Not good for a guy like me. At that time, at that time now. I'm, okay. Second thing, Miss Sapacy talked very softly. Monotone. Tangent, cotangent. Third thing, Barry Trainer, my last name's Trader. We were in alphabetical order. Barry Trainer sat in front of me. Barry Trainer was about this big. Miss Sapacy didn't know I existed, and it was okay with me because I could settle in right behind Brother Barry. <laughs> True story. If you sleep behind Barry Trainer. Even though you showed up in class, you will get a bad grade, right? But Jesus says, if you continue in my word, come on, continue, continue to show up, continue in my word. Okay, you got disappointed. I prayed for this, didn't happen. I prayed for that, didn't happen. Didn't happen yet. Maybe you're supposed to learn something out of the thing. Right? Maybe he's just saying, wait, it's not time yet. Remember in that passage it said, you know, uh, something about them trying to get him or something. And he said it wasn't his time yet. Oh. Laura has something better for you. Very possibly, Jason. Okay. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. See, even you can say, I'm a disciple. Yeah, I went to, uh, I was at a camp meeting. Uh, you know, I got really worked up. And there was an invitation or something, altar call given. I went down front, and I, I prayed. I'm a disciple of Jesus. It depends on what I did after I prayed. Right? If nothing changed, except I think, I'm in. I'm safe. But nothing changed. I can't really say I'm a disciple of Jesus according to what he's saying here, Right? If you continue in my word, then you are my disciple. And you will know the truth, intimately acquainted with the truth. So we're getting to know, this is what I'm talking about, that, that our journey with Jesus, our walking with Jesus is going to be an on, 
is a progressing manifestation. There's gonna, it'll, things change. You know, as I get to know the truth, it impacts my heart, changes my mind. Next thing you know, I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm starting to treat people a little differently. Can anybody relate? You know, my attitude toward my employer is starting to change a little bit. Or, you know, my, it could be maybe, a, you know, a, a customer or a supplier. It could be, you know, my attitude is starting to change. Why? Because I'm getting more intimately acquainted with the truth. I'm starting to know. It's not like I know the truth. I, okay, I know the truth. No, I know something about the truth, right? So I'm, I'm progressively knowing more of the truth, the person of Jesus as truth, and then what is revealed to me or how I process what comes my way, Okay. And so I'm progressively getting freer. I hope this is making some sense. So this whole thing about being free, free from what? Well, what, do you, what do you want free from? I want to be free from hell. OK. <laughs> Become acquainted with the truth, right? Continue in my word, right? Stay on, show up for class as a disciple with a good attitude, please. <laughs> Come on, if you're going to learn, have a, have a receptive heart, right? Well, I trust him as my savior. Thank God I'm not going to hell when I die. Hello, okay, that's good. But we're here now. You're alive and breathing on planet Earth. <laughs> Let's be free from some other junk, too, you know? Free from stress and worry. Okay, that's a good thing. Well, let's, if you continue in my word, <laughs> right? <laughs> you guys are going to know this. You guys are going to remember this. I'm just prophesying right now. You're going to remember this. You're going to continue in my word. You're going to say, Jesus said, look, honey, just continue in my word. Okay continue in my word, then you're truly my disciple. You want to be a disciple of mine? He's the best teacher ever. Continue in my word. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to chew on that. I'm going to get a passage. I'm going to dig into that, okay? Yeah, I want to be, a, you know, just decide. I want, to be a, I want to be a disciple. I just don't want to be somebody that just got in by the skin of my teeth. I didn't allow myself to be changed. Listen, we're here to, 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 to walk knowing truth and being free progressively. And can I let you in on a clue? To help others be free. Yes. To help others be free. Right? Yeah. It's a progressive thing. We're part of the body. What I, I, I just heard this song. I was reading something yesterday, and I, this thing jumped out at me. Uh, it was a song by Solomon Burke like about 10 years ago or so. It said, uh, none of us are free if one of us is chained. And I'm like, whoa, that's, none of us is, what a, what a perspective. None of us is free. None of us are free if one of us is chained. See, with, in, in today's culture, what we do is, is we write people off. You know, they wrote me off, I wrote them off. It could be anything. It could be politics, right? Gender identity, poo, you know what I mean? A lot of writing off there, right? All kinds of stuff, right? We're, you, know, you know, they're canceling me, I'm canceling them. 
Well, I, you know, I had no, I had no other alternative. I mean, what am I going to do? They keep canceling me. I'm canceling them. We're not, we're not free if one of us is chained. I think that's Jesus. Jesus says, I'm not willing that any should perish. What's that mean? What's the any? Sounds to me like all of us, right? So when he says, if you continue in my word, you're my disciple in need, indeed, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. He's talking individually and he's talking collectively. So he's actually empowering us as a bunch of freedom fighters, okay? But we're, we're, we're fighting like, like Jesus did, as Jocelyn talked about when the crowd chose Barabbas over, over Jesus, whenever he stood before Pilate, right? And, and, and he, didn't, he didn't defend himself because he was choosing, he was taking the higher perspective, the perspective of love. I got some other things, but I'll tell you, actually, I think I'm going to, I'm going to kind of draw things to a close a little bit. I would like to, I would like to tell a story that uh, I think will illustrate an area of being free. And this was a few weeks ago that uh, our prayer walk team had the privilege of, uh, of meeting a guy named Yaton or Yeton from, uh, from Kosovo, uh, well, they pronounce it uh, Kosovo, right, or Kosovo. Kosovo. Yeah, Wyman was with us. Uh, uh, Lyle was with us, right? Wayne, I don't think you were with. Were you with us that morning? Yeah. Okay. So this this guy came from. He's a pastor. I'm just going to say in Kosovo because that's kind of the way we say it. Or uh, Yaton. And he talked about uh, during the war over there when the Serbs had invaded, and I think it was 95, somewhere around that. Well, I mean, is that somewhere around 95? Uh, he was a teenager. He was about 14 years old. His, his dad, was his dad a pastor too? Yeah, he was a farmer. He had a farm, and, and uh, Yaton was, a, was like a shepherd. He's a young teenager, about 14, 15, whatever. So he was out with the sheep, and the Serbs invaded their community, their area, and what, what they were doing is they were rounding up, they were, they, were, they were basically killing the men. So Yaton's out with the sheep. He comes back to the farm, and he realizes that the Serbs had invaded, and if I remember correctly, this part of the story, that one of the Serbs grabbed him, put a gun to his head, right? And uh, Yaton's mother came out of the house screaming, what are you doing? Put that gun down. Don't you have young children? Would you want somebody to do that to your son? And amazingly, the guy put the gun down. And uh, the father, Yaton's father, was hiding on the property. And one of Yaton's sisters, I think he had an older sister and a young, has an older sister and a younger sister, one of them started screaming and crying. And Yaton knew that his dad was close by and would hear that. And he, his, his dad came out. And so the Serbs grabbed him 
put a gun to his head and told Yatan's mother and Yatan and, and the kids, go and don't look back. So they left, started down the road. And they heard, bang! And they knew what happened. Yatan said they went, I don't know, was it Albania? Where they, they went and they were refugees for what, something like nine months or something like that. Yatan said from that point on, his intentions were revenge. Vengeance. Who shot my dad? Who pulled the trigger and killed my dad and left my mother and my sisters in this state? Yatan is, is a pastor. He was a believer then. He, he, was, he grew up in, in church. He held this attitude of vengeance for six years. And he said the Lord gradually helped him to come to a point of forgiveness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. And he forgave those who murdered his dad. And he told us, because we sat around and had breakfast together, and he was telling us this story and others. He told us that now his intentions are to go to the area where the, the murderers came from and, and build a church. He said it took six years for him to forgive. Is there anyone here or anyone you know that is struggling with forgiveness? It might not be as dramatic or tragic as that, or it might be in its own way, and the pain is difficult. Jesus came and comes to set captives free, free from unforgiveness and the bitter root that associate, is associated with that. You with me? If you continue in my word, Yatan, thank God, continued. There's some people that have been tragically injured or wounded or affected, and they have chosen for one reason or another to not continue. And you know what? Honestly, we can understand the temptation to do that. Somebody that's been violated, injured, harmed, disappointed in some way, right? But still, the call is you can start to continue right now. You want to stand, please. Lord Jesus, thank you for your faithful presence with us here collectively and individually. Thank you that you are our king and the king always goes with us. 
Thank you that you told us in the Gospels, Lord, that you and Father God will make your dwelling place in us. Thank you that when we go or when we leave or when we're alone or wherever we are, we're really not alone because you are with us, the word of God, the truth, that you are with us, that the Father, you, the Father is with us. You are our king. The king is with us. You said, we just read it, you, you sent us and you go with us. You've called us and you come with us. Lord, that is mind-blowing, and rightly so. And so we want to lift you up even this, these moments and give you thanks for being that kind of Savior, that kind of God, that kind of deliverer, that you delivered the woman that was taken in adultery, that you delivered Yatan from unforgiveness and bitterness. Thank you for your availability your presence and your capability and your desire, Lord, to be continually be our deliverer. Lord, help us to continue in your word. You know, we're going to cry out for ourselves here and we're going to cry out for humanity. We need some help, Lord, and thank God you're the helper where you sent your spirit to be our helper and you're available. We're just going to, we're going to cry out for planet Earth for humanity. Lord, we need some help. We shouldn't be bombing our neighbors. We shouldn't be canceling our neighbors. We shouldn't be hating. We shouldn't be seeking vengeance. But, but Lord, we are, and we're caught up in this. And we ask you to help us, Lord. Thank you that you came and you still come to set captives free, to set us free. Thank you, Lord. Your intentions are that we would walk free, that we would know truth, know you as truth. We would, we would manifest that. We would embody that. We would share that. We would express that. And in so doing, Lord, we would help other, we would be freer and we would help others be free. Father, I'm just going to speak blessing over everyone hearing, over their families. Lord, you know what's going on. There, there, there's some deep stuff. There's some deep hurt. There's some deep injuries, questions. Lord, you know. Help us to be free. Help us to be to, to be un, to disentangled from that which is tripping us up and binding us. I just speak freedom over this over this body. Freedom in Christ. I speak freedom. That not, not just a temporary freedom, but an ongoing manifestation of that freedom, an empowering of that freedom. And Lord, we, 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 we pray it and speak it over planet Earth, over the body of Christ, Lord. We lift you up as our Savior, Lord. We lift you up as our God. We lift you up as our provider. We lift you up as our King, Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise. And all God's kids said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Be blessed. Stay blessed. Continue in his word. Thank you. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.